Here we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Live from America podcast from New York City. This is Hatem Gott. Norm Dorman is not here today, but Lou Perez is here. He's the um, stand-up comedian, head writer, producer for We Are the Internet TV. No, no, are We the Internet TV. Yes? Welcome Thank you. Welcome to the show. And joining us all the way from Dubai is Noor Al-Huda. Noor is communication expert, speaker, certified trainer, and one of the top influencers in the area, especially in Dubai and around the Middle East. Welcome, Noor. Thank, Thank you for you. being here. What time is it over there? Right now, it's 7 p.m. Okay, that's not bad, you know. Not too bad, yeah. So how are you doing? How is the corona and everything we're doing in Dubai? I'm good, I'm good. Um, like I said, everything is back to normal. We're trying to catch up and make up for lost time. And there's just so much work. I'm actually so busy this week, you have no idea. Like I went from sleeping till noon to not knowing, you know, how to squeeze my work in which day, so. That's so great, yeah. busy is always great. Yeah, Yeah. Definitely. What's what's a, what's a normal day in Dubai? Uh, my. Um, brother and sister-in-law, they um, were on their honeymoon and spent some time in Dubai. And the pictures that they sent back, it just seems like this other world of extravagance and all this, you know, incredible uh, architecture and all that. What is a normal day? It's such a dynamic city. There's so much going on. It's really fast paced. Um, there's always something happening. It's, it's incredible how um, innovative the city is. So there's always something new. There's always events, um, obviously aside from this certain time period, but um, it's, that's the incredible thing about it. And that's one of the reasons I chose it. Um, so uh, let's say a normal day in the, we could say in the summer is, different than the winter only because the the weather here in the summer is just it's crazy hot so it's hard to be unless you're on the beach which is what I'm currently trying to um do right now (laughs) Uh, but um it's you would think that you know there's if you're if you're based here it's a lot different than when if you're coming here for a vacation very, very different. Um, if you're based here, you would, it's just so much work and it's really fast and dynamic that you would find, find it difficult to actually have time for your social life often or to, you know, find time for leisure unless it's like one day you squeeze um, during the weekend. But a normal day would be like a variety of unexpected things, um, meetings, um, you know, it also depends, obviously, on your career, uh, if you have family here or not, if you have friends. But um, I would say a normal day in Dubai to summit is a busy, busy day. So, so it's a good day in Dubai. I mean, it's good to live in Dubai if you're like a loser, don't have a career. You can enjoy it more <laughs> kind of thing, right? <laughs> you know what's beautiful about this, about this um, country and city specifically is that you can't really be like... Well, it depends on the personality too, but it's hard to be a loser here because there's just so much happening that yeah. you'll stumble upon an opportunity no matter what. Sure. Um, and there's always something for you. So you, you'll you go from loser to not so much loser to lesser of a loser to um, eventually successful. <laughs> um, excellent. You, you see, I've been to Dubai a couple of times. I really like it. So um, we want to discuss with you a few things. Uh, you know, first being an influencer, 
and then we'll move to your work and then your journey overall. Um, so first, uh, I just want to, you know, I know a lot of listeners know that, but, uh, you know, the definition of influencer is not always a lot of followers. I mean, you have to have followers, obviously. But yeah. people also have millions of followers, but no interaction with their fans. Their fans don't interact with them. You know, with you, like I see it in a, in a daily basis, people, you answer questions, you make videos, you have, like there's so much, you know, uh, that you do and you, and you connect with your, with your fans and followers and really change your, their lives. And that's what influencers are, you know. So that's the main thing. So my first question to you is um, a lot of people want to be influencers, you know, and yes. um, most of them don't succeed, you know, uh, but a lot of them want, what, what do you think, uh, what, what's your advice to anyone that want to be in an influencer? Why you think some people succeed, some people don't from your See, own experience? Yeah, the problem is now social media is at the tip of our fingers, right? Anyone can just create a page and expose themselves and be out there. But very few people who are putting themselves out there and calling themselves influencers um, are wanting to be valuably impactful. They are more aiming for fame rather than being impactful. That's the issue is there is no valuable purpose to an extent with a lot of influencers out there who are just doing it to make a number, um, to create an image, to for, for money, for example, there's no valuable purpose out of it. There's no message to deliver. There's no expertise. There's, um, I'm not saying all, I'm just saying the, the some that are on there that you're saying aren't succeeding. Mm -hmm. um, those have a very, let's say, um, bad perspective that they want to be famous and they think social media is the perfect way to do that. It's, it's right there. I can just put whatever I want, whatever content. And a lot of people actually have messaged me and they're like, how can I be famous on social media? And it's like, if that's your purpose and if that's your aim, then that's not valuable enough. You're not going to go anywhere. You're going to make noise maybe, but it's not going to go so far. Yeah. You're not benefiting. You're not, you don't have a certain message. So aiming to be famous um, is probably the biggest reason why a lot of influencers are failing. While as aiming to have a purpose and be impactful um, and actually utilize social media in a way that will expedite your career or help you um, with your business or whatever it is, is, is a way that will, that will be beneficial for you. I actually, yeah, fame, fame is, oh, I just want to say that like fame is a, is a very interesting thing because um, currently right now there are you know probably hundreds of people out there with huge followings blue check marks uh, on whether Instagram or Twitter we've never heard of you know um, who are just not they're famous but they're not famous uh, to us I, I remember uh, uh, Penn Jillette uh, is a, a, a magician um, comedian and uh, show host in, in the United States and he talked about meeting somebody who didn't know who the Beatles were. And the Beatles are like, you know, the, you know, yeah. the, one of the, you know, the greatest, you know, uh, most influential rock bands, but you need people who don't know them. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing about, you know, what it actually means to, uh, to be famous on, on, on what you were talking about, trying to be impactful. Uh, what, what, what is it that you're trying to be impactful? If you had to explain what it is, your purpose is and what you're trying to do. 
Sure. So um, basically, ever since I was in university, I started a radio show. I did my um, bachelor's in communications, media and film, and I started a radio show. Um, I was still, you know, that was still back when Instagram wasn't wasn't really big. It was more of Facebook. Um, and even Facebook, people would hesitate to put their personal photo, would always make it private. There was a time period where everyone was still very, um, you know, uh, paranoid with people stealing their, um, you know, personal information. At that period of time, I was, I was uh, still, uh, you know, uh, going through university, doing my communications bachelor. And something drove me to wanting to start my own radio show. And I always found a sense of satisfaction knowing that I'm creating content and through this content, I'm able to help with someone's growth, uh, being it, or, or at least spread some kind of positive positivity, being it um, mentally, spiritually, um, health-wise, whatever it is, um, that's, that's my purpose. You, that's, that's what I, I you know, plan to do with my, or what I am doing with my social media and hope that that's the, the, you know, the end result. Now, the whole public speaking and, um, and, and content creating, I could say that's something that's, that I grew up, I grew up to, to have. So my mom was always my personal life coach. So, um, in elementary school, high school, every, every gig, every poem, every speech, I had to always be participating. And I guess she saw something. She, she, you know, um, figured that there's some kind of talent maybe there is um a courage and she she really helped um that you know she made sure that to train me well she made sure that um that if i'm gonna do it i do it right and it turned out to you know that passion was engraved it, it really grew inside of me and so um when i was doing my university i had the opportunity to to have my own radio show and um I'm not sure how I made the decision. I just, it just, you know, I, I wanted to feel that, you know, sense of satisfaction in terms of being able to help others through words. Um, did, you, did you go to university um, in the West or, or did you go to university yeah. in the No, I grew up in Canada and I okay. did there and um, I finished my master's as well in the States. So uh, I was, I just came here 2016. But I always kept, I'm still back and forth between here and Canada as well, so. You know, um, to, to, to touch on on, um, on being famous, people want to be famous part, you know, um, Chris Rock uh, said one of the best things I ever heard. I was, I, I was asking him about being famous and all that. And he said, it's not about being famous, it's about what you're famous for. Once you yes. love what you do, then you, you become famous, you know. But all you need to care is, is what you do, you know. How M is now famous I, I, for having a conversation with Chris Rock, and I'm very uh, jealous. Well, well I, 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 tried, uh, I tried his advice. Uh, apparently, it didn't work with me, but <laughs> joke, joke. So, um, what, what do you, well, the influencing thing is like, it started, like, some people worked for them. Like, I think, um, was it, uh, what's her name? Tequila? Tequila, tequila that got a oh, show. Tequila, 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 I think. Yeah, maybe. she was the first one that was popular online and she got a TV show out of it, you know. Uh, and that's what people try to follow after that. But then there was like like a dive in like, like people were following famous people or whatever, celebrities and stuff like that. But not anymore, really. Where, where, where do you see the future more of influencer? Is it going to go up or down? 
Um, you know, the thing about social media, it's, it's a platform for everybody. Um, and it's just, uh, those who brand themselves properly, those who have a message are the ones that are going to stay. The rest are going to be like the regular population. There's not going to be, I think the word influencer is going to be so, um, overly used that it's just going to become a normal word you can call your friend an influencer or you can call uh you know someone with uh, even a small following on instagram an influencer but those who were able to reach that extent of creating a brand for themselves or or having a certain message and were able to um i guess connect their social media to um their profession or their career uh i guess those are the people that will remain um, do, do you yeah. think it's it's uh, it's going to be more of a cause rather than influencer? Like, for example, Black Lives Matter rather than a person that represents Black Lives Matter? Sorry, can you say that again? I'm not sure what you mean. So is it going to be, instead of being an influencer, like it's going to be um, a cause? The message. Yeah. yeah. So it's not going to be a person. It's going to be a cause. Yeah, it's going to be more about the, the message that's being put out there um, that people will value and will value the person behind that message as well. But um, it's going to be the message that's more important. So, so some people, you know, um, have the same ideas that you do. They have a good cause. They really believe what they do. They don't want to be famous and they still can make it. There's certain kind of likability you have to have. Let's be honest. They, they, did you say they still can't make it? Cannot make it. Yeah. I, you know, uh, I think you still have, like you said, public speaking, you know, be able to, to be natural, you know, uh, like ability a little bit, um, yeah. other stuff than that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's always, there's always a strategy. There's always something I say about this. People who are trying so hard, um, they have charisma, they have the means, um, they, they have the talent and they keep trying and trying and trying, but for some reason they're, they're striving and they're not getting there. Um, to these people, I want to say, think of it as, first of all, they have to figure out whether or not they're 100% clear about what their goal is. Because they may think they know exactly what their goal is, but, they, but when they really narrow it down and peel the onion, they're going to find out that maybe they're still uncertain and they're not sure exactly what goal they want to reach. Um, have them, I would say, they need to figure out exactly whether or not they have that goal um, figured out. Once it's figured out, um, the best way to look at it is placing that goal on, let's say, a mountain or thinking that the way up is on a mountain and this mountain is theirs, okay? Now, let's say they're taking a certain path on that mountain or up that mountain and they're striving so hard to reach that target, obviously, once they have it figured out or once they have the goal figured out um, and they keep trying and trying and trying, but they're not making it up to that goal on that path they're taking through that mountain. Now, they need to figure out, they need to um, be conscious of the fact that there are so many other paths on that mountain to get to get up the top to get to the goal to get to the target maybe they need to change the path it's their mountain all paths are favorable to them but by change the path i mean not change the values or principles no i mean change the means change the network um change the mindset uh, be flexible adaptive um understand that there is something that maybe has to change they may think that 
um, the, the job they want is the right job for them that will get them to their target or to their goal. But, and they're standing there and trying to, you know, uh, uh, you know, unlock the door of a lo locked doorknob and just striving. But there are so many other doors. There are so many other paths. There are so many other ways up the mountain to get them to their goal. So I, wonder, I would say I, I, I wonder, I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I was just, um, um, I, you know, because, uh, you know, one of the great things about social media is that it does give you access to the entire world. And there are, there are people in uh, Canada doing, doing stuff. There's people uh, in the U.S. doing stuff, in people in Dubai, in China, um, doing all, the, all this stuff. And I wonder uh, how big of a role um, the culture in which you're trying to reach has an impact yeah. on uh, not only your brand, but also how you handle that brand. Because, for example, you know, uh, in, in the U.S., we have uh, influencers who are comedic. We have in, in, influencers that are, you know, models uh, wearing bathing suits and, and that sort of thing. And I would imagine that um, the culture will determine a lot of how, what your messaging is and also who you're trying to reach out to. So I, I wonder um, in, 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 uh, in your case, uh, how has the culture, um, uh, you know, sort of affected the, your message or, or your messaging, you know? Sure. Um, that's one of the reasons, of course, if I want to compare how, Dubai uh, perceives social media, let's say, or handles it uh, compared to Canada, because Canada is at the end of the day my home, and I chose to come here um, and and stay here in Dubai. And the, one of the reasons I did, I decided to come back, like to come and stay here, is because Dubai handles social media and um, looks at it as more of a profession, as a career. Obviously, depending on the type of content or the the value of the influencer. Um, or the quality of the influencer and their content, but they treat it so much like uh, like a profession, which which is is very very useful for for people who are utilizing it for their profession, um, and so that definitely has an impact. And they they value uh, these impactful influencers. They make sure that they're getting what they deserve. That they have a lot of campaigns that um, they utilize social media for. And so much, you know, uh, marketing through social media, digital digital marketing through social media, and um, collaborations with influencers. So much of that happening in this country, um, and I and I noticed that they truly, truly value the, um, let's say, qualitative content, which which definitely has an impact on on me as let's say uh, a motivational speaker or trying to influence on social media, because. Well, it definitely helps for sure. So who do you follow uh, who had an impact on you, you know, when you started? Um, on social media. Or in life. Well, obviously her mom, she talked about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. My mom. Is she an, is she an influencer as well? Does she have a, a, uh, an account on Instagram, something like that? She's, she, she's, uh, she's working in the management um, at a school, so she's at a really important position that requires a lot of her effort and time. So she's very time consumed with that. And she's been thinking that she wants to kind of, because she obviously, she's got it in her as well. Um, she wants to start with the whole social media, but she tried a few videos and she's like, oh my God, this is too time consuming. I have, I have a real job. <laughs> 
company to take care of. So, um, but you know what? Definitely my mom. Yeah, definitely um, my mom because, and I'm not just saying this in a cliche kind of way. No, because I grew up seeing a woman who was super determined um, and extremely hardworking. And she did her bachelor's degree twice and she did her master's. And then I was, you know, motivated to do mine after seeing her do hers. Um, she she's doing her PhD now. And at the same time, she took up, she took care of my grandparents when they were sick. She had two babies 15 years later after the first two kids. She was a, she was a great mom. She was a great, um, you know, teacher for 20 years and then now a vice principal. So I look up to her for sure. So if you're asking about the first person I was influenced by, obviously my mother. But who, who's the one that also um, made you is like, you know what, I want to do that, you know? Uh, off the top of my head, um... like if you need motivation, who do you listen to? <laughs> I don't know if you do. <laughs> as a motiv does motivational speakers need motivation as well? I'm sure they do sometimes. Yeah. Um, you're gonna make me open my Instagram account. It's okay. It's uh, you know we can, we can move on. It's, it's no problem. No, it, here, here's the thing. I when you're when you're a writer, because I I write content, right? It's mm -hmm. so hard to stick to one influencer or one person that's that you know um, is. It's so hard to to concentrate on a certain kind of perspective or, or content or 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 um, someone's influential life. It's you have to like you have to really widen your horizon. So I'm all over the place all the time. I'm researching, reading from different people, different quotes, different books, different names. That I it's hard for me to have one. There's just too many, so <laughs> I can't give you one. Okay, okay. So uh, if we move into your to your line of work now, so being a communication expert, um, can you explain that first? So. The thing I love about communication is that it's literally connected to everything, everything. It could be communication in mass media and digital, digital communication, um, social media is communication, interpersonal skills is communication, public skills, public speaking skills is communication. Um, the internet and technology is a form of communication. So everything is communication this right now is communication and that's what that's why i love it that's why i'm so passionate about it is that um me being able to contribute in a way um for you know let's say someone helping someone you know with their skills on communication it means that i'm helping them in many different aspects of their life because if you master communication it's so much harder to fail and it's so much easier to succeed um at first I started and because communication is so various uh, um, at first I started as a communications manager um, at a corporate and I figured that corporate jobs weren't exactly my thing I needed to be out and speaking and all over all over the place mm -hmm. um, so uh, I started with that I loved the, the actual job and and doing it and the description since it was linked to communication. Um, and then I moved on to trainings, communication skills training, trainings, um, and then communicating my message through social media. So uh, being a communications expert is definitely rewarding because you're everywhere, you're, you have a part in everything, which is great. That's, so how do you, how do you uh, juggle 
public speaking with with your with your job with your you know um being influencer with communication with um you know uh you're also a certified trainer right what yeah. kind of trainer um just a, a trainer for private or public um side so like this uh, this coming monday i have a training for let the the water and electricity um private sector. So I train on communications, time management, uh, I, you know, different topics, um, work etiquettes, just because I'm able to create the content, I try my best to stick my, to my expertise, which is communication. But like I said, at the end of the day, there's, it's linked to everything. So it's mm -hmm. so much, so easy to link it, to, to link it to communication. So, um, are you, are you doing all those communications now, uh, all those presentations and stuff via like, uh, teleconference um, or will yeah, you now, be going? Now, everything, now everything is through webinar everything is through uh, zoom and the internet um, so it's definitely more impactful and, and more rewarding when it's face-to-face -face, but as a way to accommodate it's yeah it's over the internet yeah, I was I was gonna I was gonna ask that because as a as a comedian I I definitely prefer being able to see the crowd and, yeah, and, sure. and be able to see them uh, um, respond in, in real time as opposed to like through through a screen. When you do um, these- um, Unless the joke you, sucks. Yeah, unless, yeah, then I don't want to see anybody. <laughs> I want to go home, uh, just be alone for a while. Yeah. Um, but but uh, Nor, when you're, when you're doing these things, is uh, what are you seeing on the screen? Do you have is a camera set up so you can see everybody in that room? So you can see like, hey, maybe this person folds their arms and nodding off and you're like oh maybe i need to uh no it's uh, kind of like what we're doing now okay. so it's like sometimes recently everything opened up so before that everyone was still home you couldn't leave um offices weren't even open yet so just just recently like just today the the curfew is off um so yeah it's just like how what we're doing now everyone is on an individual screen so yeah, it's more. You, and, and so, so the, uh, you, the the next one you have is with uh, a company that that has to do with water. Is it water in the uh, water distribution in the Middle East, or is it uh, in Dubai, some... the water and electricity private sector in Dubai? Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I'm just I'm just blown away by the fact that you know Dubai as a as a city, and then having to deal with you know, real issues like like water. How do you bring water to the desert and, and, and all that stuff. Do you, do you get into that technical aspect of it or, or is it more just uh... No, I n I've never really got, you know, I've never really looked into the technical aspect. No, it's, uh, but I will definitely, when I do the training, I'll definitely bring it up because they're expertise. They're, they know all the, they know all the technicalities. So I'll be, I'll be engaging them in that with that for sure. So I have do, no idea how anything works. Um, and the, <laughs> do you do do you do uh, uh, you know speeches uh, somewhere else but Dubai? I did um, in 2019. At the end of 2019, uh, I was in Turkey and Kuwait. Mm -hmm. So I had uh, a seminar in Turkey, and then after that, I had a conference in Kuwait. Um, so yeah, I've been in, I've been to different places other than Dubai. Yeah. So what, what are, what are your goals? Like short and term, are you going to do a tour one day, you know? Uh, and do you see it like, differently between, between the U S and, and, and Dubai? Like, 
would you have the same um, topics or, or um, you know, ways of expressing it in the U.S. versus or in the West versus the East? You know, you'd be surprised. Dubai is a very, very, very diverse city. There's a lot of foreigners. There's a lot of people from uh, the States, a lot of people from Europe. Um, it's it's like I I don't remember the last time having a very long conversation with someone in Arabic, unless it's like my mom or like or like a family member. Everyone's speaking English. Everyone is is from a different place. Um, all the workers are are not Arab. So it's it's you know i'm 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 pretty sure i'm going to i'm going to you like i'm not going to find it hard to you know when i'm on a tour because i've i've been on this i've been able to communicate with different uh different people from different different places oh nice so what what are your goals uh you know that for the for the next period short period um, okay, so I'm working on a book, so hopefully launch. launch can you that. share what it's about? Uh, I can. I if can you share. Want. We can share a little bit. No spoilers, though. Don't no tell spoilers. us how it ends. Yeah, no spoilers. Let's say I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it's um, food for the soul. Food for the soul. Lou, it's not what you uh, Was it chicken soup? Chicken soup for the soul. I remember. Uh, I remember those that episodes. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With uh, uh, I, I had a question with with all the the, the travel you do. Um, uh, do you um, do you feel any pressure as as a woman like going to uh, you know all these different countries that have different uh, uh, you know different values and different ways of looking at the world? Do you ever feel? Uh, you know, pressure uh, on you to, on how you're communicating or even in the United States, we often, you know, hear about, uh, you know, how women feel, you know, in the corporate world and, or in, yeah. even in comedy, a lot of that stuff is coming out, how the pressures that they feel and the stuff they have to deal with. And what, what is it like for you, you know, doing this, you know, doing this stuff all over the world? Um, I definitely don't feel that kind of pressure uh, coming from a, you know, uh, uh, you know, if we're talking about me, me being a woman and uh, being being around and being able to travel and whether or not, um, you know, that kind of hinders it. But maybe I would say a, being a covered woman may somehow, sometimes, I'm not saying often, sometimes make it a little bit more difficult. Um, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of concentration in some areas on the image and there's a little bit of superficiality and um, sometimes in certain areas it requires you to look a certain way and they see that me wearing the hijab let's say I'm symbolizing religion too much for example um, that may be one of the challenges but I'm not gonna say that that happens often uh, it doesn't uh, at least not to me. Some girls may have experienced it more than me. Um, but uh, other than that, everything is, is balanced here. Everyone appreciates everyone um, and, and respects differences. And, especially, and in Canada as well, like it, I haven't even, um, I haven't went through encounters of people who have been demeaning because of, because of, because they're racist. It may have it may have happened, you know, very, 
very, very few times, but um, generally speaking, people are mainly respecting of differences and uh, they're interested. They're interested in, in your tradition and background. And um, a lot of people are actually complimenting of my scarf rather than, uh, you know, the opposite. So overly, like generally speaking, no, I, I don't face many challenges as a woman and as a covered woman. Um, in some cases, maybe because I'm covered, but uh, but other than that, it's, um, it's... Has anyone ever been like, hey, you're not covered enough? Like, <laughs> there, are definitely, there are definitely people who are extreme, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and, that's, and that's the thing that's really, that saddens me about people who, in the name of religion, they try to um, judge others and they try to portray or symbolize something that's not really what it is um, and portray religion in a, in a very aggressive way. And it's complete opposite of that. Uh, and that, that really breaks my heart. And that's why I included that as a part of my message is to try to portray the, the real picture of the religion I symbolize all the time with my scarf and that is how peaceful uh, it is and how much it's linked to love and how much it's all about love and respect and so when I see people who are extreme like that I feel sorry for them because they they were fed religion in such a like a wrong way not in not a, a balanced and and peaceful way and so yeah there are definitely people who are extreme who don't understand the essence yeah. of religion you know um, uh, this is, that's one of the reasons like i wanted you to be in this show because you know uh, unfortunately we didn't see that images a lot because it's not interesting you know it's, it doesn't sell for the media what they want is they want the bad ones they want the crazy ones you know that's why lou is on tv a lot but other than that <laughs> but other than that you know we don't have people like you who can say like listen this is who i am this is what i believe you know it's not about being modern or not because the religion is modern you know it just some people are few bad apples just like few bad apples everywhere you know what i'm saying so you know i think you're a great representation and i think this is one of the things that make you um successful as well you know because i think i i first saw one of your videos maybe maybe a year ago when did i contact you first time maybe a year ago or a year and a half ago, I don't remember exactly, but um, but yeah, I, I, it was a while. But then when I saw it again, it was huge difference between you know, your context, your followers, your your message, you know, within a year. And that's that's how I know people are successful because you know they go in step by step and and they actually have a goal and they reach it within either short period or long period. It doesn't matter, but you stick with your message and you and you, and you're doing great. So I think that's a, that's a great for people to see. Uh, someone like you, you know, and he's such a good motivational speaker. Now I want to wear a hijab too, you know. <laughs> you, you convinced me. <laughs> you can wear a do rag. You wear a do rag. <laughs> She's so good. I'm gonna wear it now. <laughs> so uh, no, <laughs> no, I like my meds hat. Um, so let's talk about your your journey. You know, was that your original plan? Like when you were young, when you were like a little kid which is like five years ago? I wanted to be a pharmacist. You wanted to be a pharmacist? Yeah, and then I wanted to be a nurse, and then I wanted to be a medical lab technician. I always had a thing for like the medical field. I just, I felt like these people were heroes, and I wanted to be a part of that. I knew, I knew I didn't want to be a doctor because I didn't want to study for that long, and... <laughs> 
and I wasn't sure I had like the brains for it. <laughs> well, I like that all your professions that you wanted to be actually lead to employment. Like I've, I wanted to be, I, I've chosen a, a path, uh, you know, as a comedian where there's no guarantee of employment. Actually, there's what, more what, likely not to did be. You always, did you always want to be a comedian, Lou, when you were little? Um, when, I, when I was very young, I had like a thing where I wanted to be an inventor, whatever that means. Then I wanted to be a director, whatever that means. And then I didn't catch the acting uh, performance bug until I was already in college. I think it was, I was sort of on, uh, on a path where maybe I would have been a, a professor or, of some sort, you know. You, your, um, your, your kid dream is to be an inventor or professor? Whatever. What, what, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying, to go, trying to go back into the mind of the, the six-year-old um, where, you know, it was just listing things that I, that I wanted to be. But, uh, but no, then I caught this, the, the uh, comedy bug uh, in, in college with doing improv and sketch and then just started you know, sort of going, going down that path. So, Nora, when was the turning point in your life? When did you like, like, whoop, you know what? This is where I'm going. When I, when I definitely came to Dubai, um, that was a huge turning point in my life. That's where everything started. Um, and usually turning points in my life are when, when something bad happens to me, when I hit rock bottom, when, um, that's when I make a decision that I need to change everything around me, that I need to rise or bounce. And so I make life decisions um mm -hmm. without thinking and they end up good decisions <laughs> so that was the um that was the turning point when i came here that's where my my career path started um that's where i found exactly what i wanted and where where i wanted to be so do you believe in in, in every decision is a good decision or you believe in no regrets um i definitely believe in regrets good and bad decisions uh, decisions. A, a human is made to make mistakes and bad decisions. No one always will make good decisions all the time. Um, but when we regret something, we shouldn't... Uh, there's a difference between regretting something and dreading it. So, and, and, and keeping yourself so, so much in the past that you can't get over it. Um, you can regret it and say, I won't repeat the same mistake but at the same time you have to believe that it happened for a reason you have to believe that it was a part of your growth that without it you wouldn't be in the place you are um so i guess maybe that means no regrets but uh you know, i think in a way yeah do, i do, i i feel like said, um, uh, go ahead. i just want to know um do you mind me asking how, how old you are um how old do you think so, i always what i mean, I mean you look for, i i think uh i Plus, I would say mid twenties, at the at the at the, at the old. And this isn't a judgment call or anything like that. I'm just wondering. You know. yeah, I always I always like to put people on the spot and be like, "How old do you think I am?" <laughs> <laughs> I I was, I was 24, uh, 24, 25 at the. At the Aw, I'm 26. You gave there me younger. You go. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I was I was talking to a girl and his, and her mom uh, one time, and you know I was asking her how old you are. And she's like, well, guess how old I am? So I said, whatever. And then her mom's like, guess how old I am? I was like, aren't you a little too old to play that game? Like, <laughs> it was, you know. Uh, hey, what but, do you mean? <laughs> it just, uh, no, I, I said it in my, you know, I didn't say it out loud. But I was like, so um, 
So you didn't move to Dubai because that's your career you chose. You, you moved to Dubai first and then you chose the career. Yes, I still wasn't sure. I had graduated um, and I initially wanted to try out a corporate job, more settled, um, like a more of a career, like a clear career. Uh, it's so I had no idea that I was going to turn my passion for public speaking and motivation and communication into my career. I thought yeah. it would always be on the side, but um, God had a different plan for me. And so I found that out. He, like I was able to figure that out here in Dubai because the opportunities were, were great enough and fruitful enough for me to be able to say, yeah, you know what, this could be my career. So uh, you, you said a lot of times you do major changes when you hit um, rock bottom. Can you share one of the rock bottoms with us? Uh, it doesn't have to be if you don't want, it's fine. But I just want people to know that real things happen to everybody, you know? So if you have a story of, uh, I, I just wonder what's, because you look like a very strong woman, you know? Like, I wonder what your rock bottom would be. Like, uh, you know, so you like. Really have, you, you, you know, you have it together. So we're, we're, we're wondering, like, what could, yeah, what could possibly, yeah, what possibly can, have been? What can possibly be uh, bringing Noor rock bottom? You know, I'm not going to share anything personal, okay. but um, I could say like the rock bottoms are now a lot less than, uh, or they take a lot less time. So when someone hits rock bottom, they may float there for a while or go into a dark tunnel or not be able to rise back up for a, for a while. Um, for me, I guess... One of the things that really helps me, uh, and I know you're still waiting on an answer for what my rock bottom is. You're not going to get out easy, no? <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that when I decided to, when I decided to travel to Dubai, um, literally everything in my life, from every aspect, um, there was one specific thing, which I'm not going to share, but... <laughs> you but mentioned every, that. What's that? You mentioned that three times. <laughs> yeah, You're not going to share. We got that covered. Okay. But, but, there, but like literally every aspect of life for me wasn't going, wasn't going well. And I knew I needed a major change. I knew I needed to be somewhere else. And I didn't even have a plan for Dubai. Like I didn't have a plan set. I didn't have a career or a job. I didn't apply for anything. I didn't, all I, all I, all I knew is that I had some extended family here who I see every, every few years mm -hmm. so that well, obviously well, the reason i'm asking you this because i i think one of the major thing like um that people uh, suffer from when they're younger is a they don't have a, a path to a certain career or what they want to do and the second thing is they don't recognize when it's rock bottom and when it's okay like sometimes so some people will make wrong decision based on that like they will hit rock some people will hit rock bottom and they don't realize it is you know, it's a time for a change. And some people like will will just fail out of like get fired from a job or something, and they think it's rock bottom, and they make a major change, which is wrong. Yeah. So that's why I want you, you know, forget about you as a person, but if you can yeah. identify to people what would be rock bottom that they should look at themselves and say, you know what, let me change. Well, well I think I think something is, um, I I know. I think that going judging by your, your timeline in 2016, you're about you know 22 years old or like that just got gotten out of university and i know for me when i was 
when I was graduating, like basically my, my senior year in, in college stunk because I was the whole time I was really just worrying about what I was going to do after college. And, you know, uh, when you have some, some uh, college offered some kind of structure, like I knew what classes I was taking and I knew what I was doing, you know, however many days a week that I was going to class and what I was preparing for. I, I had to do like a, um, is it like a, an oral thesis uh, at, at the end of uh, uh, at the end of the year, and then when that's gone, and you don't necessarily have a job, or you're wondering what possible career can I have, um, that can yeah. totally feel like a like a rock bottom moment. But it, it, yeah. I think uh, it, it also gives you the opportunity, you know, to uh, hopefully have people around you that could you know help out and talk sense into you be, be, before i let noor answer lou you went to nyu you did not hit rock bottom so shut up <laughs> <laughs> go ahead noor um so to answer you hatem people someone's rock bottom may be that they got fired from their job that may be their rock bottom someone else's rock bottom may be that they lost a loved one to death someone else's rock so it really depends from person to person we can't generalize what rock bottom is for for everyone altogether um no but I, I'm, not, i'm not saying generalize i'm saying how do you know that this is your rock bottom regardless you know, of what it is when you feel like there there's nothing else you can do and you're just you're just in this hole and and you feel lost the feeling of lost and uncertainty and uncertainty can really be your someone's rock bottom but it's not about figuring out if it's your rock bottom or not as much as trying to figure out the way of the correct way of coping or the correct way of recovering or the correct way of healing or bouncing back up or rising back up um it's um it's more important to understand that what is the right what is the what is my coping mechanism i may have hit rock bottom i may be just going through a temporary uh, depression i may be just having a bad day i may be just having a sad moment but for all of these things what's my weight what is what do i usually do to heal um obviously for a rock bottom i would have to work a little bit more extensively and harder to get out of it for a, for a moment of sadness it would take me a lot less less time to to recover from it so figuring out exactly the right way to to cope or the right way to um to get over a sad day or a bad day or a sad moment or a rock bottom is really really important and i guess people figured that out throughout the way um and like like you said lou during those years of 20s the beginning when you you've just graduated university are the years where most people are like feeling like they've hit rock bottom or they're sad or depressed because there are such transitional years there's so much happening you, it's it's impossible to have everything figured out during the 20s and i think that the message i want to deliver to those people in early on in their 20s um let's say that 10 year span from 20 to 30 uh it's such a transitional time it's okay to feel lost it's okay to feel like you still don't have it figured out you don't know what you're doing it's okay to just want to explore Uh, people have a set time for themselves and they want to go by it but i always go by this quote that god's plan is better 
than mine. Um, this may not work for everyone. Not everyone's a believer, but believing in a higher power, believing that there's someone taking care of you and has a plan for you obviously helps with, with that sense of, you know, when you're lost, because you feel like someone up there is taking care of me. There's obviously a plan and you try to figure out, figure it out on your own. Yeah. I was so, going to, I was going to ask if, if your if you found that your was, was strengthened, um, during those, you're, you're those kind of moments. off. Can you repeat? Oh, you cut, you're kind of off. You guys hear me? Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I was going to ask if, if, uh, nor if you felt like your faith was strengthened during those times, um, like, or, you know, coming, uh, sure. coming out of it. Yes, for sure. So obviously during times of despair, during times of feeling, you know, that pain or sadness that you want to reach out for help, whether it's a friend or whoever, but reaching out to God, reaching out to a higher power, knowing that, um, the, the, the almighty of all, the one that has your plan in his hands is, is the one that you can talk to and will take care of you definitely makes you feel a sense of, um, you know, hope for sure. So that is definitely what helps because I'm, I was able to always strengthen my spiritual connection with God. Um, the more I spoke to him and as humans, we, we really hold on to a strong connection. I think spiritually, mostly when, you know, we're going through tough times. So if you're in a sinking ship, you'll always be like, please God, no. If you're in a falling airplane, please God help. So it's always, it's always the time when we, when we reach out to God. Um, but also now at times of gratitude uh, is when you really feel that sense of thankfulness, like, Yes, I'm, I'm speaking to God when I need him. At the same time, right now, he's given me a lot. So I speak to him when I want to just, you know, show gratitude. So yes, for sure, faith, um, my faith grows more the, the more tough times I go through. Um, and I always feel like his plan has always been better than the plan I had in my head. Uh, and that's really helped me. And I, I, feel, I feel your faith also grows with your success, which is not a lot yeah. of people... Not a lot of people really do, uh, but that's that's a, a very high quality. I think is like it's like kind of somebody does something for you or your friend or something, and you always appreciate it and keep it in mind, and you want to return the favor. So that's good that you, in good and bad, you you reach out. Um, Lou, you want to convert? What do you say? Um, you you guys are both making it. I like both of you, so you're making it. Uh, we'll, we'll convert you. We'll convert. You're, you're bringing me on. You you uh, well, on. I, I, <laughs> um, I, I was I was gonna ask when you when you do when you do these uh, when you do talks do does a big element of it um, in, include faith or is it something that for the talks like you keep that separate from uh, um, you know for the for the uh, uh, for the talk you're gonna be giving to the uh, water department uh, would that uh, does faith come up in, in that or is that uh, left off the table. So here's the thing with religion. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna start with with a with a general thought, and then I'll answer your question. Um, mm -hmm. Growing up in Canada as as a Muslim Arab, I we're the minority, right? So you know, as opposed to living up in a in a Muslim Arab country, we t we chase. We have to chase the religion in in order to hold on to it, or else we completely lose it because there's no 
there is no way to learn it unless you chase it, unless you try to find a way to learn it yourself. So it's, it's a personal effort. And so when my, obviously my parents made sure that they didn't want us to lose it. They didn't, they want, they wanted to make sure we, we kept that faith and, and had that background knowledge. And so being able to learn it from scratch, I really learned the essence. So I learned so many beautiful things about it that I realized a lot of people have a misconception about. Um, and I realized that it's linked to so many things in life. Like it, it teaches us how to speak to others. It teaches us what to do when, you know, something bad happens, you know, with your brother or sister in, in every verse in, in the Quran or which is the manual we're given that teaches us how to live life. There's always steps on how to live life in such a balanced way. And so my message um, through these talks, through these videos, it's not, it's not a religious message. It's not a preaching. It's not, it's more of subtly trying to drive home a message that is Islam or religion um, or the religion that I, that, that I have uh, is really a way of life. It's not just about the rituals. It's not, it's not just about covering. It's not just about praying or fasting or no, no, no. It's a way of life. Like it teaches you how to live such a balanced, beautiful, liberated, um, yet conservative, um, in, in such a balanced manner. And so there's always, there's always a reference. So whenever I'm talking about how to be patient in a conversation with someone, there's always a reference. Let's say I reference our Islamic history of how the prophet used to treat other people and how patient he was when he was interacting with them or speaking to them. There's a reference from the verses in the Quran, like the, one of the last videos, um, which really, really went viral, is a video about uh, how women these days always say how independent they are and how they don't need a man. Um, and uh, I, I kind of, I, I had an idea, watch the video, you'll know what my idea is and the answer to that, whether or not a woman needs a man or not. Um, and. Uh, I watched a, one video about um, spider and temptation, so I've, uh, I've been thinking about I've been thinking about that video. That's a really, one. How did you stumble upon that video? I was on a YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the videos on YouTube. That's my first ever video. Oh really? So, no way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just, was, to, just to add to Noise point too, like a lot of people miss, you know. Um, you know, especially here, like when they say like, oh, you're Muslim. It's like, oh, but you're not real Muslim. You don't really pray five times. It's like, yes, I do. You don't do that. Yes, I do. You don't have to show it. You don't have to uh, uh, call Quran or, 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 or Islam in everything that you say. It's just the way you live is going to show how people uh, that you are a good person, regardless of what your religion is, you know, but I represent, I don't have to be like to be a Muslim. Muslim. I have to be like, I have a, a big beard. I mean, I have a big beard because of the Corona, but you know, <laughs> you don't have to uh, like do so. so I, I had a bigger her. beard a few days ago. I, I saw, so you could, you could be activated at any moment, but, at uh, any um, moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what, that's what I like about like uh, also people like Noor is like, you know, she doesn't talk about, you know, um, the religion all the time but the way she carries herself people look at her and be like oh so a woman can drive i didn't know that so a woman can speak in public i didn't know that you know there's some about islam and it just breaks my heart because it, it 
it's so liberating for a woman even a woman that's covered it, the, the purpose of being covered is to feel liberated the purpose of um, not being or you know objectified not being looked at in a certain way it's liberating and people take it in the opposite way they, they think I have that, to I have to say though as a man a man will find a way to still objectify a covered woman so we are, <laughs> it's the way our minds work but I, th I think I think the problem is the same thing with the problem with religion in general people are born Muslim or Christian or Jewish and they spend their whole life fighting for it. I like if you study what and make a choice of what a religion is. Same thing with, with being covered. This is our problem is a lot of our women are covered because of culture, not because they believe it. So they, they have it, but then they, the way they carry themselves gives you the wrong ideas. It's not what you're supposed to do because it's not about being covered. You know, it's about what's inside. So So that's the thing. It has to be a choice, you know. So there is some countries, some, I'm not saying everyone, I'm saying like there's 1.8 billion Muslims in the world, you know, and there's maybe five or six countries that have, you know, the, the culture problem, which is you have to do this, you have to do that. But other than that, a lot of people have a choice like her, you know. Um, every, everything we're asked to do at the end of the day, um, some things God said you're obligated to do it, but he gave us a choice. We either do it or we don't. There's, that's the, that's the reason why, when we do it, we're rewarded for it. Um, it's, if, if we were forced to do something, why would we get rewarded for it? So at the end of the day, we're, we're all given this choice. It's not an oppressive religion. It's a religion that gives you a choice and you get to make up your mind and you get to do whatever you feel makes sense to you. Yep, absolutely. So what, what, what would you say to your um, younger self? Um, I don't know what younger self will be. <laughs> 18, 18 years old. You two months Nord. ago, basically. What yeah. would you say to yourself, Nor? Two months ago, when you were much <laughs> younger yeah. than you are two, right now. Two months ago, what would you say to yourself? Two months ago? No, <laughs> when you were 18. Two months ago, I'd say, watch out, 2020 is going to be, or was that? Two months ago, I'd be like, stop sleeping till noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, when my younger self definitely believe believe in yourself you're capable you're more capable than you think you are I guess um, I uh, I may not have felt this so much that I'm I'm capable I guess of the things that that I've done today although I don't consider what I've done anything great or milestones I consider it just a fruitful journey um, and, but I believe that as my younger self, I didn't believe in myself very much. And I feel like I should have. If you, if you analyze your followers and, you know, people you give the message to, what would you say, not exactly, but what would you say a percentage of men versus women? Um, I have an insight age, for that. Age-wise, huh? I have an insight for that on my Instagram. And I was just looking at it an hour ago. So 38% males. 62% females mm -hmm. that that's that's the numbers on my Instagram I'm not even getting that out of my head that's the facts <laughs> what, what, what about uh, age-wise age-wise you know what it's right here hold on damn it I can't get her to <laughs> she knows the answer to everything uh, I like I like giving the true facts okay let me okay uh, Tim is so old that he's gonna be uh, messing up the average I'm, I'm I want to be a Trump Fact check. Go ahead. 
Okay, 25 to 34 years old um, are 44% of my following. And 34% uh, are 18 to 24 years old. So my largest percentage is are people who are around 25 to 34. Okay, and do you have the areas where, where you uh, influence the most? Is it Dubai in the Middle East or how is the West? Uh, insights. Why are you asking about my insights? <laughs> I didn't ask about the insight. I'm just asking about numbers. <laughs> you want me for like a campaign? You want me to tell you my pricing? Where? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just wonder. You know, um, is the me like the people that want to hear the message? You know, are they always uh, people like around the community, or is it like all over the world? You know, that's you know that's all curious to me. What's interesting about my Instagram is literally the diversity and the and the way that my following how various it is is crazy like i have people i have like i find accounts from brazil and then accounts from africa and accounts from um canada and then accounts from the middle east i would say the majority are right now from the middle east but it's it's like it's really all over like really I, I, all I only have accounts from nigeria and they always want to sell me stuff too <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know that's a U.S. joke because they're always a fraud. In the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they say they're from Nigeria. But um, um, all right, well, uh, it was really, really nice to have you. Uh, and uh, Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, it was uh, amazing to understand your journey, you know, and I hope people that listening and your followers and everybody get a better idea about you and how to uh, – how they can achieve their goals in a way uh, that they can uh, succeed, you know? So do you want to um, share something with your fans before we uh, end up? Um, I just have, I guess, one last piece of advice. Uh, and I'll say it really quickly. The lights are shut. Okay. Um, two did things. The, did the lights go off over there? Yeah. I don't know. I think. Oh, there it is. To there censor. we go. Back on. <laughs> I liked it when they were off, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and they came at the right moment with that. With that. With that. I thought you directed <laughs> that. It's like this go is very it. intense. I have one more advice, and then the lights went off. I was like, "Whoa, she's good." <laughs> <laughs> I should have kept it. Um, <laughs> to simply put it, two attributes that are very, very, very important now to have in in such a world. Um, is patience. A lot of people want to get there and they feel like they're running out of time and they have a time plan and a time frame and they feel like it's, you know, they're, they're getting older and they don't have much time. And I feel like once again, always believe that there's a plan that's better for you than the one that you think is the one that you need to make you happy. Um, whatever you go through is for a reason. So have that patience. Patience to wait, patience to analyze what's happening, to live every emotion, to live every moment, to, um, you know, wait for what's better and listen. Listening is so important. I feel like this, this generation has such a short attention span that no one wants to listen anymore. That, that's such listen. a woman thing. You don't listen to me. It's like, okay. She's an expert in communication. <laughs> yeah, I know. Of course, that's her thing. So, yeah. anyways. Okay, Lou, do you want to show your information? Oh, yeah. yeah. You, 
you, you can follow me at Vlu Perez on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, Facebook as well. And Nora, oh, yeah. would, you, would you like also, to share your information? <laughs> sure. Um, Noor Al Huda official. So just my name and then official after, because yeah. Uh, for for people that are listening and not uh, watching, it's N O O R A L H U D A official. Uh, so you can follow her on Instagram. The website's not going to really tell you anything, but uh, I'm sure she's working on it, right? But you can follow her. Do you have Twitter? Uh, yes, I do. So my Twitter yeah. is... My you can Twitter find is... all the links on her website, actually. And you can okay. go from there. And mine is Hatem NYC. It's like hate and then M NYC. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And Life nice. from America podcast. Guys, thank you so much and have a great night.